All right, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's uh, good to see you. Uh, good to be together as a family and to just worship Jesus. So thankful for our worship team. Uh, it's cool that I can preach and not lead worship, and it just, like, keeps going, man. Uh, we've, we've got some amazing people in our church. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Jeremy uh, West, and uh, I serve here at uh, Antioch as a worship pastor and the training school director, training schools director. Um, so yeah, so do the training schools, school of transformation, school of ministry, get your life rocked, hang out with me and Bob and Suzette Mabry and Corbeth and other people. Uh, so I want to encourage you to, to be a part of that. We'd love to journey with you. But uh, I want to also introduce my family, Kara Lee, she's over there, wave. Uh, and she's carrying our fourth child, our son. His name's gonna be, just kidding, I'm not telling y'all. We'll wait till he's born. Um, and I've got three kids, Jaira and Elam and Brielle, and love them so much. And uh, man, it's a, it's a fun season. So, you know, by day I'm here at church working, by night uh, you'll find me on the t-ball field. That's, that's life right now. Uh, in fact, got some friends here from T-ball team. So, uh, anyways, we're having we're we're six and zero, six zero and one. All right, first place. And keep praying for us when we have our prayer time in church, um, because yes. Um, and uh, I thought the Cowboys had a surprising draft. So I enjoy football as well. And my son Elam is a diehard Rangers fan. Um, like literally every day he wakes up and he's like, dad, they win last night. They win. What was the score? Who did a home run? What did Profar do? What did the shields do? What did, oh, dude, you are intense. Um, but I'm, I'm losing interest. I actually told him the other day, I was like, Elam, I really don't care about the Rangers. Anymore. They're struggling. They, they, I said, they're struggling, man. And I, I got a lot of things to do and I just don't have the time to like, like last night, you know, I like went over and I'm like, we're winning. And then I changed the channel. I came back and I was like, mm, we're losing, you know. Um, and so, and I'll confess, I haven't watched one Maverick game all season. Sorry. But I really enjoy watching sports. And especially, uh, I especially love watching sports when there's players that are just like, they have the X factor to the point where they will take their whole team put the team on their back and just like carry them across the finish line for the victory. And when I was, when I was a kid, it was Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know, some of you, I guess, are old enough to remember Michael Jordan. Um, he was his basketball player, shoe company like this, you know. And, uh, and so I remember watching Michael Jordan. I mean, it was, he was like the, one of the most amazing ever you know, just get the ball in his hands, the team's going to win. Like, he, just the will to win, right? Like, you could see it in his eyes. And um, there should be, like, there's Chuck Norris jokes. There should be Michael Jordan jokes. Like, Michael Jordan didn't have to play. He'd just, like, look at you, and we'd win, you know? So that was Michael Jordan. And then now, in most recent times, it's LeBron. And uh, I'm a LeBron fan, uh, except... <laughs> Unbelievable. I was not always a LeBron fan, but in most recent times, I am a LeBron fan. Um, 
And, uh, you know, so last night, I mean, I was watching the game with my brother-in-law. We're there, close game. Uh, you know, they were kind of in a rough season, and, uh, but he's been doing amazing in the playoffs. Tie score, other team ties the game, eight seconds left, balls in LeBron's hand. And we just, like, look at each other and we're like, this is about to happen. And uh, LeBron takes it down, you know, off balance, fade, jump shot, off the glass, straight in, time expires. Game three, won by LeBron, carried the team all the way through. And I love how he does it with, like, he sometimes he has good players on his team and sometimes the good players leave and go to other teams and then he just, like, still takes it. So I love that. I love sports, uh, super clutch. And so if you are a fan, right, of, of Cleveland, um, which I, I took from the reaction earlier that there's not many in this room, you know, if you're a fan, you're a fellow player, you're a coach, you probably wake up in the morning and you think about Golden State Warriors and how amazing they are, right? <laughs> that was my dad. And, and then your next thought, and you're just like, oh, the Golden State Warriors. And then your next thought is, but we've got LeBron. And so maybe, just maybe, um, you know, I have faith that he's going to will us to victory. Uh, I'm being a little bit crazy, right? But the reality is you probably do not wake up thinking about the Golden State Warriors and going, okay, all right, all right. there we go. We've got one guy. There we go. Golden State Warrior guy in our church. And, uh, but you probably don't, you don't like, oh no, how are we going to beat them? But I guarantee you, all of us in this room, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you wake up in the morning thinking about something and probably thinking about some challenge, some problem, some difficulty, some sickness, some past mistake, something going on in your life that when you look at, you're just like, that seems insurmountable. How are we going to uh, address this financial situation. How are we going to break through in this area? We need healing here. I need breakthrough here. I need a job here. I need this, that. We wake up every day likely facing these kinds of challenges. And maybe, just maybe you've hoped that there would be someone willing, right, to kind of put that on their back and carry you to victory and breakthrough. Or maybe you know someone in a rough spot. And you, when we're praying earlier for a coworker, you're like, oh man, man, that per you just, your heart just stirred because you see someone in that sort of a situation in their life, pain, struggle, and your heart's just like, I want to help. How do we, like, what do we do? How do we start uh, in this journey? And I think no matter where we are today in life, that we all, wonder, is there someone able and willing? Is there someone able and willing? That is the question going on in our world today. Is there someone who is able and who is willing to help? And if you've asked this question in any shape or form, I want you to know you're not the first, you're not the only, and you won't be the last. This is a human question, a common question. I believe we've got good news for you today, all right? Really good news for you today, and so I just want to invite you, lock in with me, listen, not just with your ears, with your heart, this morning uh, for the next several minutes about what God is going to show. You can turn to your Bible, Luke chapter 5, as Joe said. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, and, uh, and we've been going through this series called The Good and Beautiful Kingdom 
It's been powerful. And, and really the goal in this time, in this series, is just to see Jesus came to bring a kingdom. And what is this kingdom all about? And why is it good? And why is it beautiful? So if you're Luke chapter 5, put your finger on verse 12. We'll also have it up here on the screen as we dive in. Now, I want to set this up really quick. Um, right before this, Jesus has, is really cranking up his ministry. And one of the first things that he does is he calls some disciples. A disciple is a follower. So he calls some guys to like be a part of his team. He picks them out. He says, you, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Thaddeus, y'all come with me. I want, you, I want to live life together, and let's, let's do this thing. Let's journey together in life, and I want to teach you how to, how to follow God, how to know God, how to live out the kingdom. So he invites these guys in. These guys, I imagine, are pretty excited. They've all left their jobs, okay? So that's kind of ner- like what is going to happen here. So there's anxiety, probably a little bit nervous, but Jesus is the real deal, so we're going with him, and then we pick up reading. Luke 5, verse 12. And it says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. I want to stop right there because you can read that and you just go, okay, yeah, oh, uh, man full of leprosy, you know, cool, whatever. Guy's got some skin issues, maybe some dandruff coming up to Jesus. Uh, you know, so what? What's the big deal? And I want you to know this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal because this guy is breaking all sorts of rules in this moment. He's breaking all sorts of rules for the law in their day. And this would have made a huge scene. Leprosy guy comes up and now we've got a scene. Okay, we, we, this isn't happening secretly. We've got a scene. And to understand the significance of this, we need to know a little bit more about the situation and the law surrounding the situation. Um, and I wanna, we're going to go Old Testament, okay? Leviticus 13, verse 45, says this. This is a law about people with leprosy. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Leprosy was a disease unlike many others. We're not talking about a little dandruff, a little acne, a little eczema. You know, just get some cream for it. You'll be okay. We're talking about raw flesh. We're talking about... A, a, a really disgusting, a gross disease where, where people's, uh, their, their flesh would be open and they would even begin to lose feeling in their own hands and their feet and the, the parts infected by this disease. It was likely a disease contracted from someone else because it was thought to be highly contagious. And so at some point you contact someone with leprosy and now you got it. And because it was such a bad disease, it was classified as, labeled as unclean. 
And someone who had this disease would have to go to the priest and stand before the priest and the priest would examine him and then would say, you are unclean. And that is a pronouncement over your life. Now, I can't imagine as a pastor, you know, it's like, oh, church, church was great Sunday. Monday morning, we got a list of people, you know, line of people out here. And like, okay, oh, okay, rash, unclean, get out of here. All right, next. Uh, you're all right. That's just dandruff. You're good. Like, but that is what is going on. And he is received from a priest in that day. Someone looked him in the eye and said, you are unclean. And now the ramifications of that label are what we see here. That it was a scourge for a Jewish person to be labeled unclean. You are now disqualified from all sorts of associations. You can't be in a life group anymore. Like you can't have friends. You live alone. You live outside the camp. You don't just walk into cities. It was a scourge to have this label. It meant loneliness. It meant no friends. It meant isolation. It meant when you walk down the street, other people turned away and walked the other way. It meant you were a monster, dirty, gross, unclean. And it meant when you woke up in the morning, no one was willing. No one was willing on your behalf to stand up for you, to reach out to you, to come around you. Unclean. So here comes this man into the city where he didn't belong because he was supposed to be outside the camp. And he comes covering his upper lip. Unclean! Unclean! I'm coming! Unclean! Hair hanging down, torn clothes, and everyone turns away except one and he comes up to Jesus and he falls on his face after yelling unclean and he begins to beg Jesus and he says Jesus if you are willing you can make me clean this is a big deal and everyone else would be running at this point, right? Hiding, hiding behind whatever they could find. Like the market is empty now and it's this guy with Jesus. Everyone else is afraid of getting the disease and is gone. And they're standing there together. And this guy asks, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Notice he doesn't ask a question he makes a statement. You don't break all sorts of rules in your day to come and ask a question. You break rules and you come running like that and take that kind of a risk because you know something is about to happen. Because you know something about this person. And so when he says, Lord, if you will, it's not like that prayer. Sometimes we pray like, well, Lord... If you, you know, will, 
Maybe you could look down on me, this little ant. No, that is not the kind of statement that he's making here. He's looking at Jesus and he says, Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. He's making a declaration about Jesus' power, about Jesus' compassion, and what Jesus does next. I love it. I love him. I love him. I love him. He breaks all the rules now. Because you were not supposed to touch that which was unclean. So this is a part, like this is a movie, right? It goes to slow-mo here. Slow-mo, thematic music playing as this next verse gets read. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I mean, like the hands going out, slow-mo, and Peter's in the background. No, Jesus, don't do it. Right. And Jesus touches him. And now he becomes unclean. But Jesus is different. And he says, when he touches him, he says, I will. Translated, I want to. I desire to. I will be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus touches him. You know, he could have just said a word. That happened in another place. The centurion comes and, hey, Jesus, you know, heal my, my servant. He's dying. Just say the word. Man, I know, I know, like, how you roll. Like, just say the word. And Jesus said, okay. He'll be healed. He just says the word. He could have just said the word, right? Like, that would have been enough, right? But that would have just communicated his power. And that's not all this guy was asking for, right? It's not all he was asking for. It's not all he wanted. He was also asking for some compassion. And this guy had a disease, obviously, that needed to be healed by the power of God. But this disease, can you imagine? Years and years and years of loneliness, Years and years and years of outside the camp. Years of years and years of you walking into the room and everyone turning away and going, oh, gross. What that does to the human soul, this guy needed more than a word of power. He needed compassion that power wouldn't heal. And so Jesus wanted to, desired to, touch him with compassion. I mean, it's probably the first time this guy had human contact in years. I want you to know that today, wherever you are in your journey, whatever is going on, whatever you feel like everyone sees in you, thinks about you, whatever disease you might be carrying or sickness you might have, or mistake you might make, or uncleanness that you feel, that today, Jesus is willing. 
Jesus is willing. He's willing to touch you with his compassion. He's willing to touch you with his power today. I want to read another scripture about a guy in the Bible. Um, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Sounds a lot like they're talking about a guy that has leprosy. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. It's talking about Jesus. It goes on to say, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus knew and knows exactly what it's like to be that man and to be whatever situation you find yourself in. He's not far off. He's not distant. He's not up on a mountain thinking about other things. He's willing. He's willing. He's the God who came today, tomorrow. He is willing. Jesus is willing. He was willing to enter into our mess, into your mess, to take on our burdens, our pain, our affliction, our sickness, our disease, our mistakes, our transgressions, our iniquities upon himself. He was willing and he is willing. And he took it all upon himself. Because he wanted to, and he took it to the cross, and by his will, he brought victory and brings victory even to this very moment to everyone who put their faith and who puts their faith in him. Say it with me. Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing. We'll keep reading in verse 14. And he charged him, he's Jesus talking to this man, to tell no one. But go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. I love the humility of Jesus. Because maybe just when this guy thought that Jesus was using his situation to like exploit him and go, oh, I just healed you, so everyone just see what I just did? Did Jesus say, man, like, you don't need to tell anybody. Like, it's cool. Like, just go show the priests. They'll, they'll declare that you're clean and you can move on. Don't worry about telling anybody. 
I don't care if anyone sees. I, man, this was for you, dude. This is like, this wasn't for that the crowd. This was for you, man. I love that about him. You may think that Jesus is willing to do just all this big stuff, and there's, you know, lots of problems in the world. Like, let's be real, all over the world, all over the nations of the earth, that there's pain and there's hurt and there's suffering. And, like, God is occupied with that stuff. But, like, <laughs> me? <laughs> my uncleanness? My sickness? My pain? He's willing. He's willing. You may think that you're in so uh, too insignificant for him to display his power and show his compassion in your life. And I want to tell you, it's not true. He's willing. He's willing today because he loves you. And he wants you. He's willing. Verse 15, now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places to pray. What is the fact that Jesus is willing mean for you and for me in your situation I know like the pain this last year was rough for me and for my family I'm not I don't want to talk about why this happens or that happens I want to talk about what Jesus is saying here that he says I'm willing just keep asking me Keep coming. Keep taking the risk. Keep coming forward. I'm willing. I desire to touch you. I desire to heal. I desire to touch you with my power and with my compassion. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. Please keep coming. What does it mean for us? And how do you, do you and I move forward in God's call for us? Because we're called to be a part. We are a part of this good and beautiful kingdom where Jesus heals the sick. And he's doing it. It's amazing hearing testimonies just this last week from a friend of ours that's on the other side of the world. Just God moving, healing, restoring people that don't know him. People that don't understand He's willing, and he's moving. What difference does this make for us before we go pick up our kids, and we go to lunch, and we go to tomorrow? And I have just two things that I want to submit to us. The first is for some of us, some of you, God is stirring you, and God is calling you to another level and following him. To another level in following him, he's calling you to carry his compassion and his power to heal the sick. I'm not kidding. I'm like, I'm not saying like, woo. I'm talking about seriously. Like in your workplace, in your school, 
in your neighborhood, wherever you are, whatever relationships you have, wherever you go, that God is calling you. He's saying, I'm willing and I want to be willing through you. Like now, like this week, today, if you will step out and be one who is willing rather than when that person comes, oh, that looks like a messy situation and back away, you would go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm willing. Be healed. Be touched. Be encouraged. That God's calling some of us, but maybe you felt afraid, you felt intimidated, maybe you have unbelief, maybe there's selfishness, maybe it's laziness. I don't know. But God is able to overcome it. If you would just say and stand it in, just say, I'm willing, Lord. Here I am. I'm willing. I know that you're looking. Today, there is someone in this city that God wants to heal. I believe that with all my heart, that today, somewhere within like a five-mile radius of this location, that God has been stirring, he's been working in someone's life, and he wants to bring life to them today, tomorrow, the next day. And he's just looking for people that will say, I'm willing, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm willing. And God calling us. He's calling us to be that, to be his body, to be an ambassador in this hour that runs into that mess, into that uncleanness in the world. And just say, simply say, hey man, Jesus is able and he's willing. And I'm here and I just want to love you. And I just want to show compassion. And I'll put my hand on you. I'll give you a hug. I'll pray for you, whatever it takes. And touch people with God's power and compassion. So that's for some. For others, maybe you find yourself in the other situation. You identify with the leper in this story. And you just need to know that today, God is willing to meet you right where you're at. Whatever leprosy is for you. That he's willing to meet you. He's not like when you come up when you take that risk and though you feel like unclean, that Jesus is not moving. He's not going, oh, oh man, again, are you serious? He's standing there and he's waiting. He's saying, I, I'm willing. Come meet with me. Let me put my arms around you. Let's do this. And maybe you've given up hope. Um, today, God wants to renew hope. He wants to renew faith in us, faith that would lead us to take the risk to come right up to Jesus and just say, Lord, if you will, make me clean. Would you do it? Would you make me clean? And so I'm going to take a risk. I want to invite, um, if you have sickness, if you have disease, if you have pain, um, if there's sin, or anything else, and right now, you want a fresh touch of God's power, of his compassion, and you need it, I just want you to invite you to stand. Just stand right where you're at. Just stand right where you're at. Come on. Once you stand, you can close your eyes. We're not...
Nobody's going to mess with you. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Just fix your eyes on him. Fix your mind on him. I don't want to lead us in this same prayer that this leprous man spoke. And so you can, I just want to invite you to just pray this, this declaration with me. You just repeat after me out loud. Just say, Lord Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And now if you're around one of these that's, that's standing up, I want you to just stand with them. Just stand with them. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Just touch them. And we're going to be the body of Christ this morning. I want you to just touch them and I want you to say, Jesus is willing. Be clean. I say it again. Jesus is willing. Be clean. And Lord, we ask... We thank you that you're willing. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Stretch forth your hand through us in this moment to heal. Amen. Now I'd like to just invite everyone to stand with me. And as we dismiss here in a second, I want you to know we have prayer and prophetic teams going to be down front. They love, love, love to pray with people about anything and everything. Nothing intimidates them, scares them, worries them, and nothing you got going on that they probably hadn't prayed for. And seeing God move in. So I want to invite you to come if, if anything in, in this message or anything else going on in your life um, that you need a breakthrough. And I want you to encourage you to, to come forward and, and receive prayer. Um, but there's some specific areas as we do on a regular basis. We pray and just ask the Lord before the service um, to speak to us and just give us, like, Lord, what are you doing? Is there anybody specific that you want to minister to today? Is there any issues or things going on that you want to want to minister to? And, and our team um, had a couple of things that we wanted to share and submit. And so if any of these things kind of land with you, man, I would encourage you to just like hop over the chair and just come down. Um, right knee, specifically torn meniscus, um, infection as a result of surgery, um, or, or a wound that was reopened and surgery. The name Thomas and respiratory issues. Um, the name Frank with uh, just a picture of soil or dirt being put on you by the enemy. And Jesus is the one that wants to clean you. Like whoever shared this didn't know about the message. So that's cool. Um, waves and turbulence and just a picture of a baby carriage just rocking in the waves um, and God bringing peace in the midst of the storm. Um, a person searching for forgiveness in God's love. And then uh, just this picture of Jesus washing people's feet. And I believe that in a way is for all of us. And so if any of those things or anything else going on, come forward. We love to pray when we dismiss the service. Um, as we close, we're going to say, declare the Lord's Prayer together.